Welcome back to another week of Scotch Hour, episode 82. I am Noah. And I'm Jesse. Um, this evening, we have uh, the Boltham Scotch. Um, it is a sherry cask. Um, the Boltons, uh, they ruled the galaxy for over 10,000 years, if you didn't know that. <laughs> uh, the Boltons were the, uh, the spies of the uh, Star Wars universe, and they actually sold secrets to both the, uh, the Empire and the Rebels. And along with that, they're the ones who gave the new plans to the to Darth Vader's new or the Emperor's new Death Star located there near Endor. Little bastards. And the Boltons, uh, they stood about five feet tall. Okay. Yeah. Meter and a half. About four and a half feet tall, five feet tall. <laughs> Little gosh darn midgets. Aren't they cute? Except they're hideous. <laughs> Look like they have like a face control. of like a like a cat or a lion or something on there. Yeah, like an ugly cat. And I already <laughs> don't like cats. <laughs> like, what happened to your face, cat? So apparently the Bothans can actually uh, mate with humans and therefore they open up way back when Kids uh, distillery. Don't get any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> they open up a distillery now called Bothans. <laughs> yeah. Just Bothan. Just Bothan. <laughs> Scotch review. All right, so this is the both and Lowland single malt Scotch whiskey. Uh, haven't done a ton of Lowlands. That's why we're branching out. Uh, this one's interesting because it is done in ex bourbon and ex sherry casks. Forty three percent ABV. We don't know a ton about this one. Literally, if you go online, you try to go to uh, bothin.com. It literally says. <laughs> You got one option. Where to buy website in development. <laughs> so as uh, Jesse's opening up that box, well, I'll finish up the rest of the uh, intro there. Uh, we will have our get-it-togethers and shout-outs as well as the uh, our restaurant review, which was... Uh, Cronelli's. Cronelli's. Yeah, it's a great restaurant. Delicious. And food. then our Smarter Challenge, uh, Vampires versus Werewolves. <laughs> like, which, if you had a choice, who would you uh, want to uh, turn you and why, I guess, right? Something, That's right. Something along, those yeah. li- some, yeah. something along those lines? Okay, great. <laughs> All right, tell, uh, let's, let's keep, go- let's keep hey, rolling with this one. I will say the box looks cheap. From And that's a, that's a turnoff, right? You don't want a cheap-looking box. Just saying, you don't. <laughs> Who wants a cheap-looking box? You can find that on Colfax. Oh, wow. Oh, oh. 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 Uh, if you're in Denver, though, you might get $1,000 a month for the next year. <laughs> With that single malt scotch whiskey, 43% ABV. Uh, it is actually not a cheap box, though. This cardboard is like heavy-duty. It's hefty. It's pretty impressive. It's actually thicker than. So it's well taken care, well taken care of, well I maintained. I wouldn't go that far. I'm just saying she's thick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the bottle, a little bit short and stout. Um, nothing wrong with it. It does remind me a little, a little bit bad. more of a <laughs> bourbon bottle <laughs> than a scotch bottle. I like them a little bit leaner, if you will, taller and leaner, but um, not bad. <sighs> I don't know that it's sexy. <laughs> as far as a bottle and labeling go, uh, I don't find it very uh, no, appealing. No, it's uh, you maybe know, it's the orange, maybe it's the bottle. It's good for like a Broncos night when you're trying to get your friends ready to uh, watch the current Broncos tied for first place not lose again. Because <laughs> you, really, you don't really win when you don't lose. <laughs> 
So here we are. We're going to rip right into this. The both in uh, Lowland single malt scotch. Again, we do not know which distillery this actually comes from. I'm guessing it is ultimately, I believe, a Total Wine & Co. project or another uh producer bottler who's working with a distillery making an agreement much like kirkland does over at costco um, so that it will be secret i will say the foil is nice another nice wood top like they're not cutting costs there um not full cork finish well you know what they say right it's much easier to enjoy that scotch when it's not protected by the foil there you go you don't have that thin layer there. Is that a Star Wars thing? <laughs> well, you know, you have to open up the foil, right? <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? Neither do I. Raw dog, man. <laughs> Raw dog. <laughs> All right. Well, here we are <laughs> venturing into, I think this is our fourth Lowlands uh, single malt scotch, 43% ABV. Again, not quite sure exactly which distillery it comes out of, but, you know, it's a... Uh, a nice adventure as we continue along our journey 82 weeks now all right, all right cheers. cheers warp speed Boltham's uh, Sherry's uh, Sherry cask here. This uh, has a, um, when I first look at the color, I, I gave it here in my notes a nice color, medium gold. Um, this is definitely like on, I do like the darker colored as we talked about in some of the other episodes. But, <laughs> no, not, uh, <laughs> but uh, as far as my scotches go, I like the little bit darker, like darker gold tint to them. But this is a medium gold tint, and I actually like that as well. Um, although there's been a few few of them that have like that light straw color that we've been uh, that we've tasted that, that turned out pretty well as, uh, had that has turned out pretty well, um, but this one I do like the color of that medium gold. Um, as far as the bouquet, I'm picking up like some like sherry sweetness uh, or sweet sherry from like the sherry cask in there, but then. Um, as I point out to you or asked you if you smelled it, but I got like hints of like lemon meringue, uh, some floral, floral scents. I really couldn't pinpoint like what kind of uh, flower it was, but there's definitely some kind of floral scent in there with a slight cedar is what I picked up on my nose. Um, as far as the palate, um, I'm getting like hints of like honeydew, lime and ginger spice. And following that up with the uh, and that ginger spice kind of goes into the, like the mid palate into the finish and the back palate there, and here I'm getting like a nice smooth creamy fin finish, and uh, this is like in that sweetness of like I'm not sure if it's a honey sweetness or whatever, but that sweetness uh, or the citrus sweetness of it, 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 you pick it up from the moment of, that you smell it to when it hits the front palate, mid palate, and back palate, and it just just nice. It's a nice. It's not like overly sweet, but it just has like that nice hint of sweetness all the way through. And it's really enjoyable. Um, this one I can definitely see like 
sharing with a bunch of friends, going, you know, taking it to a poker night. Um, I would not take this to like a, a nice gathering though, because it's just a, not a bottle that really impresses with the with the looks. Um, but I think it's it's definitely a, a nice scotch for those who may not be like necessarily scotch drinkers. And uh, I do I do give it a you know a thumbs up. I'm not sure what price point it is. Around forty bucks, forty five, oh, not on sale. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty easy drinking scotch for that price range, and uh, I would recommend it. So that, that, that's that's what I have. All right. Well, you know, for me, very easy drinking scotch, as you mentioned, is the perfect way to start. It is a super easy drinking scotch. 43% ABV leads to not a lot of heat. And with that, for me, it is that medium to dark golden color, which is pleasing to the eyes not so much as alaya and queen of the damned but still pleasing to the eyes and on the nose um on the nose i definitely get a hint of citrus but it's not fresh citrus it's almost like dried lemon and lime peels um not the zest you would get if you just grated a fresh a lemon or lime, but dried peels, just that little hint of aged. Follows with cereal, and then I don't know what else to say besides there's a floral note that I have struggled to find, but the closest thing I can say to think of is it reminds me of a sweet petunia transitioning into the Trezor perfume fragrance, which is, I believe, uh, Queen Anne Rose. Uh, uh, again, easy on the nose, easy on the palate. The second this hits my tongue, I get the sweet honey, not the, uh, super nice expensive honey you're getting from your local grocer or, uh, Mart, but the cheap honey that you get. Um, it's got that like almost synthetic sweetness, super sweet honey, coat your mouth, coat your tongue. That's where that creamy feel comes from. Um, leads straight into that fruit again. And then a little bit of maybe hazelnut um, with... I'm just going to say Cheerios. Like, I don't know what better to say than Cheerios for cereal. Um, on the finish, it is a smooth finish. It is also a drying finish. The floral does not let you down. It stays the course, but it does subside to that malty cereal flavor and nut. Um, and, man, uh, super easy drinker. Nice price point, so you could mix it if you wanted to. I'm not a big fan of mixing single malt scotches myself, but you could if you wanted to. Uh, you know, you're not taking it somewhere to get laid. You're <laughs> taking it somewhere just to have a drink and to try something new and to educate the individuals about some of the differences between an Isla Scotch or a Highland Scotch or a Speyside Scotch or a Lowland Scotch. And some of these things in this Lowland Scotch are very characteristic. Um, and this isn't this isn't trying to take a dig at it, but it is that it is very smooth and it is not very significant or uh, poignant in any way. So it's not a Oban 
with the brine in the oven little bay. It is not a Lagavulin with the smoked peat in the Lagavulin 16. It is a Bothan sherry expression, finished scotch, super easy drinking, uh, very true to the nature of making a single malt scotch. Nothing that makes it a $100 bottle. There's nothing wrong with that. Again, easy drinker, uh, maybe too easy. Uh, but yes, definitely something you can take just to a little party. Again, I agree with you. It's not a sexy label. Unless you're going to a Broncos party, you probably are not looking to bring this bottle. They do have one other non-Sherry Expression version, according to their website, which uh, is coming soon. So uh, we look forward to seeing more. But again, easy drinker fun uh and again i don't know how to else to say it but it is amazing to me how that honey hits the second you put this in your mouth well the one thing i was going to say here from your tasting notes and i probably should have should have said it because i but i wasn't sure about it was the nutmeg i thought i tasted nutmeg and i really wasn't positive about it so i withheld it from my tasting notes and um yeah, I probably should have included because if I if I got it and you and you said you got it, then it must be there. Go big or go home, man. I know. Put I, the nuts I screwed out there. up there, you know. <laughs> it's time for our shout outs. It's a shout out, and later it'll be a get it together. But the shout out goes to hey, damn, amazing job. Denver Broncos staying first in the league in their section uh, for not losing yet another game. <laughs> Talking about being AFC West. AFC West tied for first, just didn't lose it. And sometimes, you know, there's an art to that. To not losing? Yeah. Yes. Um, and I think it's also called keeping a job. <laughs> And right now, uh, those folks are doing it. So um, that's a shout out. It honestly is because we all want to say, oh, this wasn't a great game. This wasn't a fantastic game. They didn't dominate. You know, at the end, of the day, they won. And a win is a win. Like if you know anything about Talladega Nights, a win is a win. <laughs> How about yourself, Noah? Have you got a shout out? Giorgia Molini. Congratulations to her for winning the uh, election there in Italy, becoming the new prime minister. Um, Salud. So some people might say that, uh, like, it's kind of weird. If you listen to the mass media, uh, they're talking about how she's like a new fascist and stuff like that, and like the new coming of, of uh, Mussolini. Mussolini. <laughs> but when you listen to her speeches, and, and maybe, uh, maybe, maybe I'm the weirdo here, but um, she talks about like how keeping like the traditional family unit in place uh, closing down their borders, uh, not supporting Sharia law in Italy since they're not, you know, Muslim. Uh, they also want to, she's also against uh, mass migration into Italy. Uh, it seems like a, a lot of it, it's all pro-Italian and being like, you know, and uh, holding on to some like the traditional values that I think a lot of conservatives do. So honestly, I don't think she's being a fascist. She, uh, She's against the bankers and against a lot of the corporations out there who are exploiting the people. And really, fascism is really when you have the intermingling of corporations with the government. And so what she's talking is about kind of like anti-corporate stuff, uh, but bringing more into like uh, individual liberty and freedom. So 
Uh, I just want to say congratulations to her for winning that election. It is an interesting topic uh, and a, a thought process around that because we talk about celebrating our cultures, but the second we try to protect them by leaving others out, all of a sudden we become demonized. We become uh, the evil. And that's literally all she's trying to do is protect her culture, which also means protecting her site, her home. And anyone is has the right here, you know, at least in Colorado, make my day, uh, to protect your home. She's doing that to her country, her home, her Italy. And it is interesting how all those people, you know, with the immigrants illegally fleeing into Texas or Florida and all the others easily saying, well, no, don't go putting them in little camps or little areas where they don't have their freedom yet. The second you send them off to Martha's Vineyards, they're all imprisoned. Uh, so it is actually actually a reality of protecting one own family and you know at the end of the day she's not stopping any italians from leaving if they don't want to if they don't want that that's their freedom that's their right and i support that as well as far as she's not blocking another culture from keeping theirs she's not blocking her culture for keeping theirs she is just trying to protect her own area from being flooded with what is going to be predominantly a major crisis with the world economic situation right now we're seeing it everywhere right and you know that brings up a you know if anyone wants to go do research but the united nation does the united nation <coughs> excuse me um they do have a uh, what's called a uh, a replacement migration policy in order to basically eliminate uh the uh, existing population in an area to bring about, like, uh, as they say, more diversity. But if you really, like, translate it, it means to get rid of the the natives there. They have, like, their own way of thinking and stuff. But you can, you know, anyone can research that and look into it if they want, and then they can read between the lines if they want to as well. You know, I, I think the most fascinating thing about that prospect to me is you make something great. And then other people think they deserve a piece of your greatness. It could be a pie. It could be a car. It could be a Tesla. I'm not even actually a huge fan of Tesla cars. But what I do respect is what Elon Musk did as the CEO of that company where people want a piece of that. And there is the opportunity to get a piece of that, but you're going to pay for it and you're going to do it right. And I think that is absolutely something I believe in. Um, it's not about blocking others. It's about protecting oneself and or buying in and that's that's just a reality it's exactly it's uh yeah i don't i don't struggle with that at all again like anyone who's got those unwanted just ship them to martha's vineyards <laughs> all right do you have any get togethers this week oh my first get it together uh well you know there's going to be a lot of get togethers in these next 12 months um but really i'm going to go back to and I'm not going to steal yours because I know. Oh, I'm not I, even going to talk about Denver. All I got, right. I got a different. All right. So where I'm going to go with it then is uh, looking at this proposal that's been placed for Denver to use federal COVID funds to pay homeless is very mind boggling to me because it is absolutely the opposite of diverse. It is absolutely discretionary. 
and also biased in the sense that uh, if you read through as I have read it, somebody can correct me. If, if I'm reading this wrong, please send it, leave us a comment in our comments. I will talk about it again next week. But as it currently states, uh, women get a portion of these funds. Anyone who does not uh, relate to a male slash female gender gets a portion of these funds. But if you relate and you are a male, and that is how you are identify yourself and are identified, then you get zero of these funds for being homeless. Yet 70%, over 70% of the homeless population in Denver is men. So am I understanding you correctly? You're saying that if you're a woman or basically like, I'll just put a bottom line. If you're anything other than a man, if you identify anything other than a man, you're going to get paid for doing nothing. You're going to get paid for being homeless. But if you're a man and you're homeless, better go get a job if you want some money. Then you don't get anything. <laughs> you okay, get I, just, I just want to make sure because that sounds like I that's kind of re- sexist. It's not only sexist; it's uh, wrong. It, it does seem like it would it would actually violate some kind of like uh, uh, existing federal laws. and state constitutions. Yeah, yeah, I would think so too. But hey, what I've do I know? Before <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, get it together, Denver. I also want to know who's like past trying to get this passed. I want to know who thinks that it's okay to do just that. Probably some left wing nut, right? Like, what? Who thinks it's okay to be sexist all of a sudden? Like, we've literally <laughs> worked. Is that sexism? It's reverse sexism. Now. No, it's just sexism. <laughs> no matter what, it's we've worked to fight sexism in this country basically like reverse racism (laughs) but we've worked to fight sexism in this country since this country was established since we drafted a constitution since we made so many laws and now we're like oh no 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 we can be sexist we can block out the males what you get no rights okay what we progressed so far that we started to regress (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's interesting that you say that because Elon Musk actually made a comment based on the moon rockets in the 60s and how we degraded technologically wise, success wise. And he really emphasizes that if you do not continue to fight the fight, yet you're constantly trying to change things that you actually degress because everything else is moving forward around you that you go backwards. And he is absolutely right so far with the moon landing. Should it have happened? I, I well, in society, you can see it happening. In any case, uh, my get it together goes to the legal team. <laughs> so you and I, like, I had a project at work. <laughs> legal teams, maybe just legal teams. Yeah. Legal teams. Don't bring so. in work. Legal teams. <laughs> okay. Anyways, I'm just going to give an example here. I had a, I had a project at work, and um, it was supposed to be uh, done at a certain time, in a certain time frame. However, where we, we were, or my, my department or myself, I, we were waiting for uh, certain information to be approved by the legal team. And uh, apparently this is, not, this is just not the company I've worked with, but it, it, it happens in many other companies. So... Uh, the legal teams all together don't seem to really understand like what, what these due dates are and how to approve these things uh, in a timely manner so that way the other departments can uh, can actually get their stuff done and taken care of. So 
all together, not just with my company. I just used my example, but you told me about some other people who had other projects and the legal teams wait to the last minute or they approve whatever they need to approve beyond the due date uh, that that was supposed to be originally uh, approved by. Uh, and they and they get it out late. So I'm just going to say to legal teams, get your act together and get this stuff approved in, in a timely manner so other, other departments can do what they need to do. Here's what I love about this is that it literally talks the opposite of the make my day law. In essence, you can pull the trigger. If someone breaks into your home in Colorado, you can protect your family. Uh, you can pull a trigger. And it is literally the opposite in the business world in any circumstances I've faced or anyone I know personally has had to deal with professionally is that all of these legal teams aren't pulling triggers. They are the repausing back, delaying timelines, creating all these things. So you get a two week timeline to produce a product and all you have to wait is for legal to pass the okay or give their thumbs up on the material you're gonna be looking at and you don't even get it until after your timeline for delivering the product has Eli. Yeah, I, I waited for like a 20 word sentence. <laughs> like, just or go. Like you, yeah. you need one word go or pull. Pull. Protect your family. Pull. <laughs> like, just do it. And it's funny because I think that's where um, laws like the Make My Day law in Colorado, people hate. And why? Because it's not an argument. A lot of people just want to argue and talk and fight. No, it's not an argument. You lost the fight. You broke into my house. I love to make the I make my day law. Kids upstairs sleeping, and you will not get to them. I, I'm okay with the make my, make my day law. I'm okay with that. Cheers. I remember when it first came out on the news that uh, this guy who had like a, I think it was like a, I think he was like an auto mechanic or something like that, and he kept on getting robbed. So he he uh, set up like a. A shotgun, so like when the like the window that the people kept kept breaking into, when they broke into that window, the gun went off. Do you remember that story at all? I do one hundred percent. And where he failed with that is that he wasn't present. That's why he lost that. I thought event. he won it. Um, he may have ultimately won it, but I know that like where the gray area came from is he wasn't actually protecting. Right. He had set up a booby trap and booby trap certificate. I don't know that he did win. I can't remember. I can't. I mean, it was a long time ago, like when we passed that law. So I don't exactly remember if he won or lost. Yeah. But I do remember it was like in the news. Yeah. Don't set a booby trap. Just wait for him. <laughs> Pull the trigger. <laughs> And that's the hardest part, though, and that's why it was so easy for some to pass. The law is like, no one's going to pull the trigger. Not true, my friend. Not true. Restaurant All right, Cronelli's Italian restaurant here in Lone Tree, Colorado. Um, and it's right off there off of Park Meadows Drive. Man, uh pleasant treat do you want to start you want me to start go ahead start. go ahead start. i need to look up the name of my dish i know it's chicken catchatory yeah man so with that uh this little wonder if you will is there off of park meadows drive and it is fantastic there is good reason to make reservations uh they are not booming popping blowing up until probably six o'clock but every time i've ever been there tonight is the prime example there was not an empty table at six o'clock there were people waiting at six o'clock and there is good reason for that so well, with that uh we we got there about 5 15 
and it was nice and it was cozy and it was not super busy and um i had the Cronelli's Negroni, delicious, followed by a glass of Super Tuscan with the food, delicious, delicious, and we started with the Italian poppers. So here we have some poblano peppers filled with sausage, Italian sausage, and cheeses, and oh man, divine delicious amazing every bite was decadent the plate is hot when they bring it out <laughs> super hot <laughs> uh, with that i transitioned into diablo the italian pasta and again i have nothing but amazing raves i was able to finish my dish and i'm actually kind of surprised the plates are not huge so if you're going for an all you can eat or if you're trying to find some massive amount of food where you're going to be miserable afterwards don't go here uh, if you're looking for a good size plate that will fill you up and you may not even be able to finish it honestly um, this is a great place to go good wine selection actually high quality liquor selections particularly if you like scotches or whiskey or bourbon they had some nice bourbons uh, in their selection definitely some great wines uh, it was amazing uh, for me the um atmosphere is the only thing that isn't a nine or higher um, the atmosphere is good the atmosphere is a seven for an Italian restaurant. It's cozy. It's fast. It's fun when they're busy. It is loud. Again, family style uh, situation where you can be at a big table. They are very accommodating. The staff was gracious. They were great. And the food for me, a nine. Um, the staff for me, Jason was our waiter. Jason also was one of the two bartenders. Jason, if you watch this, you did an amazing job. Cornelli's, give this guy a high five, maybe a raise if he's due, uh, but definitely give him a high five. Jason, you represent Cornelli's well. Um, great wine, great food, great service. All flawless and truly enjoyable would i take a date there absolutely it, again it's not this um five star we grabbed one of the high tables my fault honestly i grabbed one of the high tables by the bar because we didn't have a day ahead reservation it was kind of last minute and that's what i was able to get over the phone uh, but even so I, I would have loved one of the other tables but even so uh service was great jason did great uh, Jason, you're an eight or a nine. The food was definitely a nine. Um, the atmosphere, again, a seven. Overall, this restaurant, to me, delicious food. Would I take a date there? Yes. Would I take a friend there? Absolutely. Would I sit at the bar or a table? If I couldn't get a table, would I sit at the bar? Yes. Um, there I have outside seating if you're going in the evening and the sun is setting or if you're going at a time where the sun won't be blazing upon you. Definitely take advantage of those outside seats. Um, overall, it is an eight and we don't longer give many eights uh, in this. So great job, Cronelli's. I think uh, Cronelli's did a great job. I like how when you first walk up, uh, you do see some of those outdoor. It's like a, like in a, you see some tables on the patio, and it's not a get it off patio. So it kind of reminds me of something like you might see like when you go to Europe and you're like um, coming up to like a like a restaurant where I have some like outdoor seating there, and the wait staff uh, will greet you outside the front door. Uh, which is which was kind of nice. It was nice to see, and it, it is very welcoming. The ladies there, the hostess, uh, the three hostesses were all very nice. Um, 
when I first walked in, I, I thought the uh, the ambiance or the uh, uh, or way the place looked um, seemed really nice, nicer than some of the other places that we've been to. It is definitely like a solid seven, maybe an eight. Um, I think if you sit at the tables, you probably get a little bit higher of a, uh, you know, like I, I think it would be rated a little bit higher as opposed to sitting like right by the the high tops, like right by the bar, because in that area, that little like that little section of the restaurant is kind of really tight. Uh, and I'm not saying like like tight tight or anything like that, but it's not as like it doesn't seem as open as like the rest of the restaurant does. And um, but I, I kind of agree with you on the ambiance there. I probably give it about a seven. Um, the food though, the appetizer was great. Um, oh my god, great. I couldn't believe how, how how tasty the appetizer was because I thought you know like when you first ordered like you picked out the appetizer, and I was like oh you know like it seems really similar to the one I would have picked out which would have been the mushrooms. Um, but it was still it it tasted phenomenal. It was great. Um, and then I ordered the uh, chicken cacciatore, uh, and ooh, that was so good. I couldn't even finish my plate, but it had like so much stuff in it though. It had like green olives, black olives, mushrooms. Um, the sauce had like Tabasco in it, which made, gave it a little bit of like spiciness to it, but you can't really taste the Tabasco sauce because it did have a little bit of heat to it. And it was like fettuccine, and then the chicken was, tasted wonderful. Uh, so yeah, I definitely would give that dish a... Uh, a solid 8.5, you know. I don't want to exactly say a 9 because I've been to other, like, uh, Italian restaurants where I thought, the, like, the food was better. Um, that's not, a 10. That's not a 10, though. Dude, I've been to Italian restaurants where the food was a 10. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what right, I'm saying. Right. Like, this is, like, a like maybe, like, an 8.5. All right, all right. Um, so... You know, like 8.5 pretty solid in that section. I, I, I think you'll probably, like, if you don't really, if you haven't been to, like, a really nice sit-down Italian restaurant where you do get, like, a 10-type service and 10-type food, then, yeah, if you, if, like, you if whatever you know is, like, probably, like, Olive Garden and some other, like, local di- uh, eateries, then, yeah, it's a solid nine. Uh, the wait staff. Um, I'm going to give them an eight. Uh, I thought Jason did a great job. I did good. He did a good job. Not not necessarily great. Um, I think he had like maybe he wasn't paying attention, but to me, um, as he was like putting my glass of water down, you had handed me the uh, the drink menus, and he asked me if I knew what I wanted to drink. I'm like, hey, I need a little bit of time to look at the menu first. I just got it. <laughs> um, so, but other than that, like he he uh, he did a really good job. Um, you know, waiting our table. The one thing I, you know, the other kind of nitpicky thing, and this is really like nitpicky. Dude, it's that's not okay like, though. That's is that like like halfway through my meal, I would have liked for him to come over and ask if uh, if we wanted more wine or something because I probably would have gotten a second glass of wine. But honestly, I'm sure my checkbook is saying thank you for not asking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were drinking a nice super Tuscan. Yeah, I mean, we were. So in any case, uh, but other than that, like I said, that's like that's like a those two things are kind of like minor nitpick nitpicky type of things. So I'd still give them like an eight as far as like being a waiter uh, for the wait staff there. Um, overall, I'm gonna give it an eight, a, a solid eight there, and. Um, would I take a date there? Most definitely. I definitely would take a date there. Uh, would I meet a friend there? Yeah, I think you can, you can have, like, if if you're looking for, like, a nicer kind of, like, a 
place to chill and have dinner with a friend and just chit chat and catch up. Yeah, that's a great place to go. Um, when I take a uh, a business client there, definitely, I can de- I can definitely do that. Um, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a great place overall. Uh, I do recommend it. Although I say the one weird thing though at first was like uh, driving there, listening to the GPS. Driver <laughs> told me to turn in. At, I thought I was actually turning into an apartment complex, so I wasn't quite sure I was turning into like a restaurant, you know, like a little strip mall next to a, an apartment complex. But um, that's not like, I don't think that's really the restaurant's issue or anything like that. It just kind of like, it just took me by surprise at first. Um, I do highly recommend it. So if you're in uh, Lone Tree um, and you're around there, definitely go there and try it out. So with this, part of the Smarter Challenge is what's sexier? A vampire or a werewolf? You were going to get turned by one uh which one would you want to be turned by and why and with that there's a lot of possibilities here and i was kind of surprised as i solicited answers some of the answers that i received um you want to go first you want me to go first oh you can all right so for me i mean honestly if i want to be turned a first thing i can tell you is i don't want to be bit by a goddamn werewolf (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I want some sexy uh, female vampire sucking the blood out of my neck or whatever, wrist, anything. So with that, uh, definitely a vampire would be my choice. Uh, with some of the answers I solicited, um, there were a couple of people who were like, ah, I want to be a werewolf. And ironically, each of them, the two of all of the people I solicited, approximately 20, the two um, that want to be werewolves were men. And I think that is because of the stature that comes with being a masculine werewolf. Because at the same time, I was like, so now if you're thinking about a mate and both of these guys were heterosexual, I'm like, do you find a female werewolf sexy? And they're like, God, no. And I'm like, so who's biting you? Like, you want some guy biting you and turning you into a werewolf? I thought or they just had to be scratched. Don't they just have to be scratched? Whatever. Like, dude, I don't even want to see a werewolf unless I know I can kill it, all right? I'm just saying, make my day. Where's my silver bullet? One of the best ever Stephen King movies, silver bullet. Um, with that, though, those two just kind of surpri- surprised me and shocked me because I don't think they'd ever thought of it before. Now, on the flip side i will say okay so uh aiden i'm throwing it out there your brilliant uh, answers uh, when i asked my kiddos hey so w- vampire or werewolf um aiden was like well duh you want to be a vampire and me was like why and he's like because that way you can be a vampire 365 like you're always a vampire you're not waiting for that one day a month to be a badass werewolf <laughs> and you know the counter argument is well if you don't have to be a werewolf, but once a month, that can be a win because you're being human. Well, then my son's counterpoint again was, yeah, but then you die and as a vampire live forever. <laughs> kind of sweet deal, right? So and you had all the best and right answers, by the way. Uh, but really, part of it, what it comes down to me was really analyzing. Yeah, yeah. So cinematography is just that. Cinematography, uh, the media will absolutely elicit any sort of response they can. But the responses they're eliciting are werewolves, to me, in most cases, not sexy. Uh, vampires, to me, in most cases, pretty damn sexy. 
female and male uh the only you know there's some manly looking werewolves out there in media uh the only female werewolf that i was like man she hot was ruby from once upon a time a, a tv show that is made literally for tv i think it's tv 14 might be even tv 13 uh at the end of the day most people can watch it uh, it was on public television and ruby is one day dressing up like little red riding hood you turn out turns around she's a werewolf uh she hot but that's about it at the end of the day like that's ah, the one where if i want to see <laughs> and all the rest of the werewolves turn around get out of my yard don't piss on my tree don't piss on my pants post <laughs> all right vampires on the other hand all right vampires man the list is long <laughs> Lots of hot vampires. I'm going to skip this straight one to the ones that I want to be bitten by, by the way, not the guys. So I'm going straight to the girls. Um, and at the end of the day, there were lots of males and females that I solicited responses from who were like, vampire, 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 vampire. Why? Because they're hot. They get to live forever. <laughs> like basic answers. Uh, so, man, for me, number one, first and foremost, Celine. Kate Beckinsale's yep. character. Yep. Celine yep. in Underworld. Man, you literally can't yep. beat it. She gets to play with guns. She gets to kill werewolves. Yep. She's yep. like doing her job. Bad ass. Um, Second it. <laughs> and then the runners up are pretty much like moving forward i will say uh, if i had to put pick another one for a second it would probably be alaya uh from queen of the damned and she played a good female vampire but i i, I don't think i'd pick her as my second dude she's just all powerful and the other thing i want to say is when i go through my list again this is a long list there's a lot of red heads on this list and i think vampires blood have, red hair i have one redhead yeah, but you have, like, something against redheads. <laughs> so we got Jessica Hamby from True Blood, uh, played by Deborah Ann Wolf, redhead. We got Fram and Miriam from Vampires, 1974. Uh, Marianne Morris and, yeah, this is some Russian name I can't pronounce. Um, Anlik Dzimbiska. So I'm sorry I butchered that, but at the end of the day, nailed it. The redhead nailed it. The redhead was the win there, and then uh, Lilith from Bordello of Blood, played by Angie Everhart, also another redhead. At the end of the day, why the vampire is sexier to me? Why I love it is we're all mortal in some way, even vampires and werewolves. Something can kill us, whether it's a silver bullet or you know. Pick your poison, whichever show, book, uh, media you enjoy. Uh, there is a way to be killed. And for me, the vampire is the sexy 365, uh, lives forever, gets to choose a path, and also really is less controlled by one day a month I, I think that's another piece for me that i really don't like about the vampire lore is there's one day a month they're just completely out of control unless you're watching you know you're talking about werewolves right yeah unless you're watching that you know show where they're all just like vampires but werewolves uh, and with that though vampires are sexy so any of these female vampires want to turn me into a male vampire please do i will suit you well <laughs> 
All right. So as far as like, um, I'll start this off on my on my little tangent here. I remember like a long, long time ago when I was like probably about five years old being asked what I wanted to be when I grew up, and I said a vampire. <laughs> yes! So, God damn, nothing's that's the changed. right answer. <laughs> nothing's ever changed. If I was going to choose between werewolf or vampire, I'm definitely going to go vampire. Now, um, it, with the werewolves, though, I think you kind of have to. Um, there's two main like, uh, there, I guess two main schools of thought here. One of them is kind of like I think the more traditional where it is like the one time a year thing, where or like the one t- one time a month, like when the full moon uh, happens. So women would relate well. Yeah. So yeah, women could relate well with that. Um, but there's the other there's the other school of thought where like Teen Wolf, right, uh, where he could actually like become a werewolf whenever he wanted. But also in the TV show True Blood, uh, those werewolves could also use their powers at any point in time as well. But then uh, when the full moon came around, that that was like. That was one that where they couldn't control it. That that was going to happen no matter what. Otherwise, throughout the rest of the the month, they could control it. So I, I guess it kind of depends on that. Now, if I if I were to be enticed to uh, become a werewolf, and I was looking at it for a female to turn me into a werewolf, that's how I'm going to go down this 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 road because I would rather be a vampire. But. Um, I would, I probably would be tempted, and this is like when she was younger, and I like, like when I was in, uh, like, uh, dude, you could be a hundred, and she'd still tempt you, <laughs> probably. I guess, like, especially go back in time though, but like, um, and this really kind of goes back to, like, I really started to like this actress back when, um, I was writing on paper for, uh, like my German film and society class, uh, but, uh, Julie Dupli in the American Werewolf in London. Uh, I'm sorry, American Werewolf in Paris. I thought she was really, really beautiful. Um, and really, I, I thought she could probably uh, maybe convince me to become a werewolf. The she other person. Twist your arm. Yeah, she twist my <laughs> arm. The other one is Christina Ricci. I, there's always something about Christina Ricci that I like. There really is. She's like hideous but sexy. <laughs> yes. So she's in, the, I, she's in the movie Cursed and she's Ellie. So yeah, her, I could probably, like one of those two. Yeah. Uh, vampires, though, on the other hand, much much bigger list, and I'm gonna only say my top two here that I would go with, and one of them we agree on, Celine, Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, she's she's like probably she's number one on my list. Number two on my list is Mila Jovovich right. from Ultraviolet. Dude, that's pretty hot. Yeah, she's pretty hot. She's pretty hot. And my and I, I will have to say this since you, I know you like redheads. My one redhead that I chose but also is from the uh, TV show True Blood, <laughs> which is uh, Deborah Ann Wall, uh, or Wall depending on how you pronounce it. But yeah, I thought she was uh, she did a great job, and yeah, I, I could see that. And I also really liked her in uh, Daredevil. All right, um, but you know it's it's kind of weird. Like um, there's some women who really like the whole werewolf thing. I think it's because, like, the, the guys are, like, built, like, masculine. And and uh, it really comes to mind, like, what I saw, like, in, like, the, the TV series True Blood. Like, there's werewolves and and, uh, and vampires there. And, like, it seemed like a lot of women liked the werewolves in there. But I think probably because the guys were all big and buff and everything like that. And this is what it kind of reminds me of. When you look at werewolves, they are not usually all themselves. They're not usually put up. They're not usually put together very well, and they can kind of live life, but they're kind of like blue collared. Haphazard. I'm gonna say like they're blue collared, and vampires are like white collared. 
No, I, I, I think that's actually one of the things that I, when I associate the two, I'm glad you brought that up. I think that's one of the things I also associate is I don't just want to be a muscle bound, gym bound guy. Yeah. If I, you want a meathead, that's the werewolf. Yeah, no, absolutely. And if you want an executive, yeah, that's a vampire. And, and I think they're also, when I listen to the, the responses, this isn't the first time I've gone in circles asking this question. Um, each time, one of the things I think of is, you're not in it for the long game. You're in it for a great night. You want a great month. You want a quick relationship or a great relationship. When you ask the question, if you're going to live forever, who are you in it for? Well, the, first of all, the werewolf doesn't live forever. Second of all, uh, the werewolf, to your point, there have been no books or anything else I've ever read or movies I've ever seen where the werewolf's the genius scientist, where the werewolf is the genius who's trying to figure out uh, how to make the world a better place. No, it's the vampires that are literally the ones trying to do that, well, even if they're trying to reverse engineer their own virus. Here's the thing with yeah, yeah, with the, the the issue with the werewolves, I think though, is that yeah, uh, with Underworld, um, the lichens they did actually live just as long as the as the vampires did, so. That, so once again, depends on like what what you're watching or whatever, or what what theory you're looking I at. I love that you brought that up. Um, but you, if you always look at them, the werewolves always seem to have like they don't have their like. I think because they change at least once every month, um, or maybe they can like I said once again they can change whenever they want, depending on what you watch too. But they always because of that change, whatever. It seems like they can never have anything nice because everything always gets destroyed when they change into werewolves. <laughs> well, so, so when you look at them, they always they're never they're never well put together. They're not they're not put together well uh, at all. They're built all. well, just not well packaged. Yeah. So like like their home life is like is in shambles because they're like fuck. Like I just like I just woke up in a field though uh, again, and all my clothes are torn off. I just ate somebody or ate like an animal. Yeah, what happened? My house is all destroyed. <laughs> my house is all destroyed and all that kind of shit. Um, whereas like a vampire, like you're you're it. I mean you're 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 that three you know three sixty five, and uh, three sixty six on leap years, and uh, you know they they can actually like they can accumulate wealth. They have their intelligence. They're they're not being like um, primal once a month. I, th uh, I think that's really the difference to me between vampires and wolves. I, again, I think that's a, the perfect word. I absolutely see werewolves as less intelligent humans, primal, and I see vampires as more intelligent humans, not primal based. Well, I don't think, like, I think when they're in their human form, they could be very intelligent. It's just like when they switch over to the werewolf, I think they it, it goes back to animal instincts and primal. Underworld, you mentioned it. Perfect example. All the vampires live in these mansions. All the werewolves living in the sewers. <laughs> right? Like, I, I think it's it's a, a, something you can relate to. The irony is, is that everyone that I asked has seen these different things. And the few that still choose werewolves, I'm like, so you would choose the sewer over the mansion help me out you would choose wearing goodwill clothes because when you turn into a world if you break out of them and you ruin them over armani suits or brioni or you know some of my favorite zenian well you know richie but there are some people out there who who prefer the more like uh the blue collar lifestyle right where's the intelligent factor they're not planning on living forever. Those people are not planning on living forever. They're probably not, but I I don't really blame them. 
I mean, I still have the welcome vampire sign on the outside of my window. <laughs> They're welcome. Make my day. If the bullet doesn't kill you, bite my neck. <laughs> I'm sure any vampire can walk into the house. <laughs> There's you that. Gotta welcome them, right? That's what yeah. the welcome sign is for. Exactly, right? Yeah, they have to be welcome into the home. And I'm pretty sure neither one of you would be like, yeah. And if they're going to kill me, then never mind. Now, if out there you're watching this you're gonna, show and you're, you're like, change us, you're more than welcome to come in. If you're going to like kill me and use me for food, never mind. Wait, here's where I'm going to go with this. If you are trying to prove me wrong because you're the world's sexiest werewolf out there, come on in. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Turn me. I'm in. Uh, just don't do that. Just give me fair warning. <laughs> Why? Because I don't want to be eaten by the werewolf. It's all you, dude. She's just turning me, man. She's <laughs> going to be like, will you say no? I'm like, hell no. <laughs> say yes. <laughs> say yes. Barbara said yes, right? <laughs> that was a no? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, at the end of the day, man, which is sexier, werewolves or vampires? I Honestly, I think uh, it, it all comes down to, like, each individual person believing in what kind of lifestyle would suit them more or what, or what they would envision that they would want to achieve to go after. Um, I always like, ever since I was a little kid, once again, I was mentioning like, since I was like five years old, I wanted to be a vampire. And one of the reasons why is because I thought like when you saw, when I saw like stuff like Dracula and stuff like that, like had a castle, uh, he could have basically anything that he wanted. Yeah. There's some drawbacks, you can't really hang out at, you know, in the sun. But once again, depending on what, what show you watch, you, you could be like hanging out in the field and you look all sparkly and shit. You really need the sun. No. In fact, you know, up until like recently, probably like the last like five, six years or so, most of the jobs I really had were like nighttime jobs. <laughs> and in college, most of my classes didn't start until like <laughs> 10 a.m. anyways because I just really am more of a night owl person. So I prefer the night. Anyway, so no, I don't think uh, I don't think you really need. I mean, you do need the sun. You need the vitamin D and stuff like that. But honestly, if we're talking about this, these mythological creatures, uh, me being a night owl, I'm okay with being a vampire. All right. So if there were three vampire lives, you could live in cinema. So in other words, you're picking three vampire movies. What three would they be? Mm, what three? Well, I think you definitely have to go with Bram Stoker's, Bram Stoker's Dracula. That's definitely a good I'm, one. I'm surprised you didn't ring up Bellucci, by the way. Uh, well, I, I mean, on my list. She's like number 48 on your list. No, she's not. <laughs> my list is only six people, and I, I give you three of them. The other two, or the other three was Monica Bellucci, Ashley Green from the Twilight series. I, I thought she was pretty nice looking. And then one that we talked about called Suck. <laughs> the movie Suck. Uh, I can't even say the lady's name. Dude, that's how it was with uh, Fram and Miriam. Uh, Nissa <laughs> Damaskino, I guess. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it! <laughs> uh, um, but Both of them. Nailed it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Bram Stoker's would be one. Uh, you know... Um, I never lived in this. Obviously, I haven't lived in this era. But what I thought was really cool, though, too, is like uh, Dracula and Told, like how he like where like he lives and stuff like that. That movie is like one of the closest to my heart. 
I thought that one was pretty was pretty kick ass. And then the other one would be kind of like, um, geez, I don't know what that third one would be. I definitely wouldn't want to be the vampires from Thirty Days of Night. Those vampires kind of suck. <laughs> <laughs> because they only fitting those, because we were just talking about suck. <laughs> well, because like those vampires are kind of more. They kind of seem more like like the werewolves, uh, transient, and then like, I mean, they had like dried up blood and stuff like that. And they didn't look like the uh, the elegant type of uh, vampires that we've spoke about. Um. I can see something like maybe you have like True Blood, uh, vampires from that TV sh- that TV series. I thought you know that they did pretty well there. So I guess those would be my three. It's pretty. Good. How about you, man? Uh, number one, man. I think you're pretty close. Uh, Dracula Untold is absolutely like my first because of my code that's where i'm at that's where i live i would absolutely save my family and that's crazy it's only crazy because other people can't understand it and uh there are people out there with other kids when they would put their own kids in that same position that could understand but for the most part if you haven't had a son and you don't love your family more than you love yourself if you aren't really willing to sacrifice yourself your life your energy for your kiddos you can never understand truly directly untold um the way that in my mind i don't know if this is fully true but it, i believe you can't as a parent who's had a son and this is where it gets tricky is because there's probably lots of parents out there like well, i have a daughter i would do that for my daughter ah, i know that that's there um and it's still not the same. And I can tell you, I know that in my heart because quick tangent, Mila was born. I loved her to death. Everyone knew that everyone I worked with Aiden was conceived. Aiden was about to be born. Everyone's like, how are you going to treat them different? I'm like, Oh, I'm going to treat them 100% the same. Aiden was born. And the second he was born, I realized he's not the same as a daughter. And there are, Aiden, if you hear this, don't take it in any negative connotation. There are higher expectations for a son. When you are a father, it's weird. And Mila, again, you don't take this in any negative connotations. Um, But the truth of the matter is, Aiden, man, even though you're the second child, I expect you to be the first. I expect you to uh, lead the way. I expect you to protect your future family if you have one, whatever kind of family that is. And it's just super interesting. And that is part of the Dracula thing is he is sitting there risking his life, taking all these chances to save his community based on his son, because he wants his son to have a future and it's really twisted because you want your daughter to have a future too but there is something different between a daughter and now would i jump in front of a car for my daughter before my son yes that's another weird twist but would i understand where dracula untold takes that story because of that ah Yes, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, number two, without a doubt, you cannot conceive Dracula and enjoy it without 
what Francis Ford Coppola did there. Third, man, I want to be Celine's partner in Underworld. Oh, totally forgot about Underworld. Dude, I even had it right up there. Number one. Dude, right there. How, I, uh, can I can I take back? What yeah, I'm you like, can always take it back. Yeah, man. I, 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 no go backs. <laughs> I, I I agree with your three one hundred percent. I agree with your three way more than my three. Dude, my third one I was kind of iffy on, but now that I see your third, yeah, dude, I like, Celine, I don't, like yeah. I don't really want to go around killing werewolves, but dude, why not? If that's my third <laughs> choice, and I've already had love and love and love, and now I'm having love and love, and now I got to go kill some werewolves. Oh yeah, there's no better partner. She makes killing people look sexy, and she makes it okay. Uh, the director, the writing, everything about that movie makes it okay because they're werewolves. <laughs> Sweetest guns, bombs, those sorts of things. It's okay that you're killing because they're werewolves. <laughs> I love it. It's, um, I actually love that movie. I enjoy watching it. It's great entertainment. Um, at least the first three are. The first two are really great entertainment. The first one is dynamite. All right. Nice. Uh, those were, those are awesome. <laughs> those are great choices. Dude, Kate Beckinsale, you uh, absolutely did Adam Sandler a favor being in his remote control movie. <laughs> like, when I think about it, Adam Sandler, you're a badass. I wish I lived your life. Honestly, I'm not there. I want to be Zohan and everything you were. But at the end of the day, Kate Beckinsale, you made that movie. It was just, it's crazy. And Adam Sandler actually did act beyond any arena i thought he could in that movie um click the movie is the one i'm talking about uh i think that movie is another movie that pulls in my heartstrings i actually don't think i know that movie is another movie that pulls in my heartstrings because every time he clicks he's trying to make a right choice and you realize you're going to make choices in life and they're not all going to go the way you want all right anything else that we want to discuss on this particular topic now man vampires all the way all right salem's lot nosferatu i never seen, so i still haven't seen salem's lot god damn stephen king <laughs> but i mean I tr it's not that i haven't tried though because like you know it is the uh the halloween season so it is horror movie season and you, you think with all the freaking tv channels that we have like it would be on there but no they, they want like something some ridiculous money to pay to watch it i'm like screw that however there is the Return to Salem's Lot, uh, which is a kind of like a sequel to it, which was a movie. So you have like the made for TV show, which I have never seen, and then there's a movie called Return to Salem's Lot. We need to get drunk and turn and watch Salem's Lot because that's the only way it's going to be scary nowadays. Because <laughs> <laughs> the technology you saw is going to be like, hey, check out the white faced guy coming up to the window. <laughs> um. Hey, why? It was scarier. <laughs> so, um, being that we are in holiday season, um, for those of you guys who haven't seen the movie Pearl, I still I still recommend going to see that movie. And if you haven't seen Barbarian, I would recommend seeing that movie. I need to make my reservation. But uh, for next week's Smarter Challenge, Ooh. Uh, so that way, dun, dun, dun. and uh, we are going to be utilizing our AMC uh, mm. A plus A listers mm. card or whatever it is that that that, that service yeah. that we have. So IRS, we are using it. It is for movie per, uh, for uh, yeah, for our show. Right off is legit, it's legit <laughs> to quit. So the movie we are going to review is Smile. Oh, dude, that looks twisted as turds. Yes, it does. That's the reason why. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's the start of the Halloween season. I mean, I hear you. I have nothing against it. But that's one of the movies where I look at it and I'm like, there is true psychology in this movie uh, that's going to make my back curl. It's going <laughs> to make it hurt. So it looks it looks like it might be kind of kind of thrill thrillerish uh, and exciting. Um, as far as the uh, scotch that we're going to try next week, guys, I apologize, everyone. Um, I was waiting to go down to uh, visit my cousins. Uh, there's a huge liquor store down there by them, and uh, they usually have some other single malt scotches that we don't see in our area over here. So um, it'll be a surprise, to everybody. Surprise! Surprises are good. Yeah, it can be. Surprises are good as long as she's not biting it off or cutting it off. <laughs> no bobbit here. No bobbit here, please. Yeah, oh, I love you so much. What's that movie where just the, kidding? What was that movie? Search the, the field where the guys give or the chicks giving the guy a, a BJ and then the husband or whatever comes rolling in in the car and like smacks him and she bites the guy's dick off. I don't know. Is it like something like Gilbert Grape or something like that, or maybe it I, is? I, I know. I, have, I know Robin Williams is in the movie. Are you serious? Yeah, he's like the dad, and like the wife and him are like they're like having issues, and it's his wife that is giving a blowjob to like some guy, and he's well, with it was, his. He's, if it was his wife, then the guy deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like fully justified. <laughs> That's why it's not rated NC-17. It's only PG-13. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a Robin Williams movie, but in any case. No, I think um, it's the one where he's already dead and coming back and speaking. I don't think so. All right, we're going to have to Google search Robin Williams movie wife. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I, know, I think it came out in the 80s. Well, it had to have been. That's probably Robin Williams was a great actor, and I hate that uh, he was mentally unsound to the point where he didn't have enough support to protect him from his own demise. That was sad to me. Uh, no different than Heath Ledger. Uh, yeah, him and Heath. I think it's a shame that Heath Ledger um, ended his career so early. Um, after uh, after Batman, that movie was phenomenal. Yeah, it was. All right, so going to give you some time. Okay. Because we're preparing for these things. And two weeks out, you don't have to see one movie. You can watch as many as you want. But it is actually going to be the best of Heath Ledger and why. Ooh, okay. Uh, because Heath Ledger had so many movies that sit in my soul. Ten things I hate about you. Good movie. One of his greats. A Knight's Tale. Another one. That's my all-time favorite. Dude, his, his Joker, still to this day, I don't know that it's been beaten. Uh, but Heath Ledger and then the Scotch for two weeks out, should you guys want to procure it? I'm guessing it's another Total Wine version. Balm Ellen. Balm Ellen. Um I'm probably butchering that pronunciation as well, but it's a space side Glenlivet single malt Scotch whiskey, twelve year, forty percent by volume. So two weeks out, watch some Heath Ledger, come back to it, and we will go from there. World according to Garp. Okay, so that's the one. Is he's dead? Right? I don't think he's dead. I thought he was in like a like a cloud world. He might have been. Okay. 
So maybe he's dead, and I don't remember that part. But Dude, he was an amazing comedian, and what I will tell you is... Nanu, um, Nanu. Yeah. Dude, what I'll tell you is, though, one of the truths in my life that I realize is people look at all the people who they think are always happy, and they don't realize that there is a balance with everything. And that they are also the ones that feel the most pain, even though they don't necessarily share that pain, just because they share the happiness. Uh, yeah, it's a sad one. Yeah, it is. Well, on a good note here, um, <laughs> we're going to go on a positive note. The guy was fucking idiot. <laughs> don't end your life. Uh, drink responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> drink very responsibly. We're not driving. Uh, and uh, if you uh, have any comments please leave it in the uh, comments down below life if, is great life is great if you uh, want to become a patron member you can do so it's the uh, very first link in the comment section down below and uh, you can watch us on YouTube, Rumble um, listen to us on multiple of like different audio download areas uh, like uh, Podbean Spotify um and then the myriad of others uh thank you for the listeners in japan thank you for the listeners in the u.s and uh thank you for all the other uh countries too the that you guys have been listening to us and uh uh, I'll give it off to you, Jesse, so you can close close us out this evening. Saying, get ready for next week. Watch Smile, which actually looks like a tremendous movie. I actually think it's going to do really well for a psychological thriller. I'm actually fully in support of that. Stoked to go see it. And then after that, really reconsider and embrace Heath Ledger and everything that he did for our media entertainment. Other than that, no already said it, but still fully 100% support, 100% support. Drink responsibly. That's why we drink at home. All right. <laughs> but like, share, subscribe. Life is great. We hope you enjoyed this evening's episode of Scotch Hour. If you did, please like share and subscribe also if you have not done so already please become a patron member with memberships starting as low as one dollar a month thank you and hopefully you have a wonderful evening